0: Hello, this is Gino Hernandez, head of digital here at ABB Energy Industries. I'm very pleased to welcome you to the inaugural episode of ABB Energy Pod. Every week, we'll be sharing short podcasts with insights and discussions from across the energy sector. If you're like me and you're short on time, but need a quick and easy way to learn about what's happening in energy industries, this podcast is for you.
1: My name is Ragnar Schierholz. I'm the head of
2: cybersecurity for ABB's process automation business area. My name is Ben Dickinson. I'm the global product line leader for cybersecurity in the energy industries business.
3: Hi, I'm Ikshwaku. I'm based out of Singapore, and I'm Global Sales Lead for Cybersecurity. Rob Putman,
0: Global Manager for Cybersecurity Products and
1: Services. So in, in the first episode, episode one, we'll address the challenge uh, or the topic of Get Real, why cybersecurity is an issue for everyone, essentially explaining why nobody can hide in the bushes. Everybody is potentially a victim, if not prepared. If it's worth having, it's worth stealing. It's really not well understood what kind of ways such an attack can come in through and what kind of impact it can have, even if the attacker is not highly sophisticated and fully tuned into that particular asset. Let's take a look at how such an attack typically happens. The best model and quite widely used model for that in the market is the Lockheed Martin cyber kill chain. It is a staged model, it's a staged chain that attackers go through and depending on the level of sophistication of the threat agent that can take months and years but it may also be not such a targeted attack where hitting the control system is more or less desired or intended side effect but not necessarily the primary objective so we typically see that these kind of attacks initially start in the enterprise environment or in a third-party maintenance contractor environment. And only through multiple stages of lateral movement, initial and subsequent reconnaissance stages, the attackers step-by-step move through the environment and ultimately reach an OT system.
2: I think one of the things that we need to touch on here is operational risk. What does it cost the organization that they're targeting? if they get impacted by a cyber attack so if they get their system shut down then what cyber criminals are seeing in in the energy industries is that the impact's huge financially every day that goes by with a system that's been encrypted and that's no longer available can cost millions of dollars so cyber criminals see that they can put operators of uh, energy industries under pressure to pay a ransom. We've seen indications in
1: threat intelligence recently that at least the bigger organized crime groups and ransomware users are indeed aware of the industry that their victims are in, and they tune the ransom that is being asked for on the assumed likelihood that the victim is willing to pay.
0: Moving data inbound, outbound out of these environments, some sort of connectivity, whether it's for remote maintenance, for analysis in the cloud, this is becoming a competitive differentiator. Just to be a little dramatic, this is where business is going. Yeah, you can stay back and remain air-gapped and maybe you've got a good reason for that, but it's not the norm. I and mean, how many times have we seen lack of process discipline with technology actually open up a vulnerability so it's not as simple as do you have you done the proper threat modeling and applied the correct technology you need the people and the process around it as well
2: What I would add from my experience is that if you think you've got an air gap, quite often the case is that you haven't, and it gives you this false sense of security, so you've wrongly estimated the risk exposure to yourselves as an organisation. A colleague recently put it really well that if you consider an air gap creating an island for your system, one thing that you can't stop is ships coming and going from that island. There'll always be people coming in and out of your, your system, carrying out maintenance, bringing USBs in to create backups or update the system. So quite often it is a bit of a myth an a gap system. You can aim towards it, but you'll never get a truly air-gap system. And this can uh, misinterpret the, the risk that you're exposed to. We cannot avoid data flow.
3: We cannot avoid inbound-outbound traffic. The only thing we have to make sure is that it is done you know, in a secured way.
1: I'd rather have a managed, documented connection that is appropriately risk assessed and security controls applied, then documenting no connection and therefore being able to claim that you have an air gap, but in practice, you don't. Because the next time that you find out that you don't have an air gap is when you do your first incident response and forensic analysis, and you find where people have laid cables and created network connections.
0: How does the business start to get its head around this, right? Because we know that those simple horribly open-ended questions are going to be asked. And we can sit here and talk about the technology, the feasibility, all these different things, but someone way up there is going to say, Hey, am I exposed? What's the impact? What do I need to do about
2: it? I think it starts with commitment at a high level to appreciate that a cyber attack can impact the way that you do business, and then you you put in place that governance and policy to say we're committed to mitigating our cybersecurity risk. Those processes and policies set out how you're going to have risk management processes, compliance. Processes. What do you comply with? To what standard? And then you start to delve into it and understand what risk you're exposed to and how are you going to mitigate that risk? Well, and even prioritize that risk, right? Then I mean, you know, it's the cliche, but their
0: appetite for risk.
2: One of the most difficult things to do or calculate is how likely a cyber attack would be. Uh, but why not take that away? Why not just say, we'll do the likelihood later. Let's look at the impact. So, if you have 30 sites around the globe, 30 plants, all manufacturing different products, helping you make money as a business in different ways, so if a cyber attack was successful on your system, what would the impact on those sites be out of those 30 sites? What are the six most highly critical sites to, to operate in as a business? And then we can start thinking about looking at different threat actors targeting you, what's the likelihood? Um, What are the different types of impact? And then what are the processes and controls we can put in place to to mitigate those likelihoods and impacts to an acceptable level? But then you actually have
1: a C-level support because they understood the worst case is not acceptable. So we'll have to at least analyze whether the worst case that was initially proposed or set out is realistic and to what likelihood.
3: I think board has to, you know, be in a position to confidently stand and say that, look, we are fully prepared to manage any situation, uh, be we are, you know, in a in a. We are held, you know, let's say in a cyber attack. We are resilient enough to recover quickly to make sure that, you know, your supplies are uninterrupted. And we are uh, fully prepared to make sure that we are not paying for ransoms. If they can confidently stand and say, I think then they have done real justice to addressing this issue for themselves.
1: So in in summary, especially with the organized crime, everybody is a target because everybody has assets that are worth having. And there are different ways and different levels of sophistication by which an attacker could come in and, and compromise those assets. There are different levels of exposure across different industries. The more critical they are, the higher the likelihood is. But there's no zero likelihood. Typical mechanisms of isolating the system with an air gap are in all practicality, not realistic. There has to be a solid risk assessment. What are the outcomes? What are the consequences of different types of attacks? And what are the likelihoods of different kinds of attacks and compromises? And out of that,
0: a proper security program can then be derived. Thank you for joining the first ABB Energy Pod. We'll be dropping a new episode every week right here. So make sure you subscribe